Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm bringing you a special episode of the Boca podcast today called Workflow Wednesday. During these special edition episodes, myself and my co-hosts will focus on helping you develop more efficient daily and weekly workflows around post-production, communication, task and project management, time management, file and image management, and yes, the list does go on. We're going to save you an incredible amount of time in your work week, and we promise not to be too nerdy. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Workflow Wednesday with the Boca Podcast and Photographers Edit. Um, we are, I'm going to switch to gallery view here. There we go. Uh, we are officially, well, we're actually not officially live. This was originally supposed to be live, going out to Facebook Live. And uh, the platform that we use to push out these broadcasts um, has apparently changed things up on us in the last week, week and a half or so. And uh, we're not able to do that. So, for the time being, for this particular episode today, we're recording. We're going to push this out to Facebook this evening. We'll also do the same thing with the Facebook audio and uh, uh, the audio, I'm sorry, for the podcast episode to the audio version for those of you that listen to the Boca podcast, and then we'll figure out what's going on for our future episodes. But in the meantime, we're here. Uh, we're doing something a little bit different this year for Workflow Wednesday, and as regularly as possible, we're going to have a guest on, a special guest, and Ashley is with us today. Ashley Garrity. Ashley, thank you for making time to do this with us, despite all the technical difficulties so far. Of course, it's my pleasure, Nathan. Well, and, and a Merry Christmas to you. I didn't actually get to say that to you before we started. <laughs> I like the uh, the facade, the, the Christmas tree in the background. I January 6th to be within the 12 days of Christmas, so I'm going to oh, embrace the, the rule? Christmas tree while I can. Yeah, <laughs> 12 <laughs> okay. days from Christmas, I've got it. <laughs> well, it's it's good to have you here. And uh, of course, Haley is with us. Hey, Haley. Hey, how are you? <laughs> good, good. And it's um, it's good to, to be back. I took some time off um, over the holidays. It was nice. It was refreshing. We were talking about this before we started um, to actually take some time off. I'm going to try to do that more consistently as we go into 2019. Um, Haley, what was your week like? What was your holiday like? It was jam-packed full of holidays to go to. <laughs> um, oh, really? Okay. But a lot of resting which we talked about earlier and just kind of remembering that you do need a little time off sometimes and laying around and doing nothing is totally fine <laughs> yeah totally fine yeah and we need to i think you know as, as photography business owners it's easy we talk about this a lot on the podcast to get caught up in the busyness of running a business and sometimes i think feeling like we need to do things that maybe aren't as important as they are uh, or aren't as important as we think rather um, but it is good to take some time off and have time with significant people in our lives and also just take time to ourselves to be in the quiet a little bit. Uh, we've talked about meditation a lot. In fact, I was doing an interview earlier today for the podcast talking about meditation yet again. I think it's 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 a, a significant topic that we don't spend enough time on giving our, our minds a break um, and, and not giving so much significance to that voice that's constantly running in our heads too as business owners. So anyway, a whole different topic for another day. Um, but we are launching this year a little bit of different format here for Workflow Wednesday. As I mentioned earlier, not only do we have a special guest on, and we're going to try to do that as consistently as possible every week. Rich and Heather will be joining us um, starting next week, I believe. They are out on vacation this week, uh, so we miss them, but it'll be nice to have them back next week. 
And what we're gonna be doing is we'll have a theme every month. So for January, we're speaking, we're dealing with the topic of client experience. And uh, we're gonna get into that in very great detail. Ashley's prepared some wonderful information for us and we're gonna be getting into that later on today uh, or later on here, just a little bit in the show rather. But um, we're gonna we're gonna try to go with a theme each month and uh, we'll have various guests come on and we'll discuss the theme get their various thoughts, their perspectives on it, and then we'll move on to a different theme the next month. And it's going to be kind of an experimental format. We'll figure it out as we go. But uh, again, it's good to have Ashley on today. And by the way, for those of you listening in, of course, we'll link to this in the show notes at Boca, B-O-K-E-H, podcast.com. Uh, Ashley's website, a photography website, is Ashley Garrity, G-E-R-R-I-T-Y, photography.com. Instagram, same thing, Ashley Garrity Photography. And uh, you're going to want to make sure you go check that out. Ashley, I, I've actually got your, your Instagram feed pulled up right now. And, you know, <laughs> with all this conversation about, like, consistency and uh, basically creating a theme, right, a consistency and look for your feed, I, I actually appreciate the variety that you have in your feed. Can you talk a little bit about that? Do you do that on purpose? I mean, is there, is there a particular style that you're going for with your photography or do you like, you just post a little bit of everything for the sake of variety for, for the potential client? Yeah. So on our Instagram feed, we are, we have a little bit of a structure as far as like what we're posting. It is, you know, it does vary. Um, but I found that people really love to see us behind the camera. So I try and sort of pop us in every, okay. you know, dozen posts or so here or there. Um, we used to do a lot more detail work on the Instagram feed, but actually I think people are much more engaging. So a lot of what we're posting are just people being joyful and, and feeling experienced and, and happiness. We do call out past couples on their anniversaries. Um, we talk about kind of what's coming up in our schedule. Um, we just really want it to be vibrant and colorful. I mean, our perspective is just to look at life through a lens of elegance and beauty. Um, and so that's kind of what we're trying to show on our Instagram. Now, if you watch the Instagram story, on the other hand, it's usually just me like goofing off around and working and playing with my dogs and things. So that's the one place <laughs> okay. where I kind of let it be a little less, I guess, a less elegant. So, um, but people we're, need to see that there's a little bit of humanity behind yeah, the work. Of course. And I think, I think that is a nice balance. I mean, as much as, as much important as we put significance as we, we give to our Instagram feed as, as photography business owners. Um, the reality is life isn't so perfect and organized and structured and consistent. Um, and, and like you said, sharing that the human side of your existence as a business or photography business owner is important. But to, to your point, there is beautifully elegant work. And like I said earlier, quite the variety of it. So for those of you listening and make sure you check out Ashley's Instagram feed. And by the way, we, Ashley, this is, this is your third time now on the Boca podcast. First time on Workflow Wednesday. <laughs> I know. That's awesome. It's great to have you back. And, and we'll make sure to link to the past episodes in the show notes uh, as well. But today, um, before we actually get started, I, I want something new that we were going to try on Workflow Wednesday uh, this year is something I'm just calling the industry snapshot for the time being. We, I want to talk industry news just for a second, just for the sake of small talk. And I want to get um, not only the guests that we have coming on the show, but Haley and, of course, Rich and Heather when they're on with us. Um, kind of their take on what's going on in the industry as well. It, it's, you know, as much time as we spend on in, on social media and potentially reading blogs and, and so on and so forth, we have, uh, I think we're, we're consuming a lot of information. Hopefully it's actually relevant and helpful, but um, every once in a while something stands out. And we have, we're having conversations in Facebook groups too. And I'm, 
Uh, I just think it's interesting and ultimately important to stay on top of what's going on for the sake of awareness as business owners. So to that point, um, I, actually, I know that I reached out to you ahead of time, let you know that we were going to be talking about this. And you, you made the point that you have taken the last couple of weeks off of social media, out of industry news, uh, because you needed a break. Comment on that if you don't mind. Sure. I, um, we had a really crazy December. We had as many weddings in December this year as we did in October, which is saying something pretty serious for the Northeast. Um, so aside from shooting and taking care of any last minute communications I needed to with my clients for the second half of the month, I basically put my hands up and said, like, I can't, I can't do life. And like we hosted our first Christmas and then my in-law stayed. I had guests in my house from the 22nd to the 27th Whoa. on top of, shooting, you know, we, I shot three weddings this past weekend. So I just decided I, I couldn't be everything to anyone anymore. Um, and I was going to step away. So I put my autoresponder up, I think on the 20th and <laughs> yeah. basically would like skim through things that came through in case there was anything urgent. And I did have a filter. So any of my current clients that were getting married in the past two weeks could get a hold of me with questions and cool. not get my okay. autoresponder. Panic. But other than that, I baked a ton of cookies. I spent so much time with friends and family. I slept like 18 of the last 36 hours just recovering from it all. I took a nap. I, I just... I laughed uh, when, when, I, when Ashley said that about an autoresponder because Haley and I were just talking the other day about autoresponders and how funny it can be um, at times anyway that the... the, um, the kind of the, the back and forth, almost the, the mundane or even annoying back and forth that sometimes that you run into with these autoresponders, but sometimes you just have to do it. And so right after she and I talked about, about that, I created one myself actually when I was on holiday as well and just kept it as simple as possible, but I just wanted to, to manage expectations, create and manage expectations as to why I wasn't responding to somebody right away because ultimately I get it. Like our, our businesses matter, right? We, we care about what our clients or potential clients think about us and we don't want them to feel, uh, I guess, not taken care of. And um, so I turned that autoresponder on. I turned it off just yesterday when I was uh, coming back into work. And, um, but sometimes you just got to do that. Take a break, manage expectations and take a break from everything. Not only running the business, but consuming all that information that we're, we're used to consuming all the time. So it's good that you took a break, Ashley. Not a problem that you don't have anything to add to the conversation here other than the, <laughs> the reminder ultimately, which is that um, it's, it's definitely important to take a break. I think that's, that's a really important to note. So Haley, I know that you mentioned something about Instagram and probably many of those watching or listening in are aware of this, but um, talk to us what happened with Instagram over the holiday break. Yeah. So Instagram came out with a new release that was only supposed to go to a test audience, like only a few accounts were supposed to get it, but it released to everyone that had an Instagram. And basically, instead of scrolling, you tapped through your Instagram feed, similar to stories. But in order to read a full post, you had to scroll up and then it was super glitchy. And I mean, I posted about it the morning it happened, like I logged in, it was normal. And then I logged in an hour later, and it was not normal. <laughs> and so I posted about it. And within like, a few hours of them releasing it, they took it back and apologized for the inconvenience. So, oh, wow. I mean, I thought, I thought it was great that they took the feedback of, you know, every Instagram user that went online and started hating on it and they just reverted back to what they had. But I thought that was, I saw a lot of photographers from our photographers at account getting upset about it because mm -hmm. 
it's, it was not user-friendly. So, yeah, you know, that's, it brings up an interesting point. And this is actually a conversation I was having with um, Brooke Schultz. I, I interviewed for a podcast. It's an episode that'll be coming out uh, in the near future, but uh, we had great conversation today during the interview. And one of the things that we talked about was the importance of going with the flow when things don't go the way that we expect them to as, as business owners and just as human beings, it's easy to try to, to hold on to what we know and what we're comfortable with. And then when something goes wrong or doesn't go to our plan, what we think it should be, we, we get upset, we get frustrated, we get stressed out. We try to control the situation when we can't control it. There's no controlling it. And ultimately it does more harm than good rather than actually just learning to go with the flow. The, the quote that I brought up um, when I was interviewing Brooke was the one that I think is attributed to, to Bruce Lee. Um, he says, be like water. Um, and it's this idea, like you, you picture this, this pool of water and, and somebody tosses a pebble or a, a stone into the water. And there's this initial kind of uh, burst of energy when that stone hits the water, right? It, it, it shakes things up, if you will. It's not as peaceful and as calm anymore. It's not as serene. And you see the ripples kind of move out this way and then the water calms down. And it's able to do that because of the flexibility, uh, the physics, of course, innate to that, but ultimately the flexibility innate to, to that water. And so the idea is to, to learn to go with the flow versus freaking out when something doesn't go our way. Now, I know as a business owner, like we, um, we, we recently pushed something out, I think a, an email or something like that out to a group of people that wasn't supposed to go out. It was a total accident, mistake <laughs> on our part. Yeah, Ashley's raising her hand. She knows. And, and it was just a glitch. It was a total accident. We didn't mean to do it. But of course, it caused a lot of, a lot of um, stress for the photographers on the other end of that email because expectations uh, were mismanaged, shall we say. Or, and really, at the end of the day, the wrong information was given out. It was just a total glitch. And that's being addressed on the back end, behind the scenes now. But um, learning at that, anytime something comes up that we don't like, you know, I, I flew over the holidays, uh, went to the Dominican Republic. And um, you, you're going through the airport and flight times change and you're rushing around and, and it's easy to get stressed out in that situation versus going with the flow and making the best of the situation as it is. I think it's important, just kind of a side note to, to mention right there, especially when something, I, I don't know, it's funny to me that like something is seemingly insignificant as a social media application can cause so much stress for us uh, in our lives these days. But uh, interesting that you bring that up. I, I did want to mention one other thing too, when it comes to this idea of consuming content and news, um, I'd spend quite a bit of time consuming news, industry news, tech news, et cetera, for the sake of um, I just, I, I want to be a good conversationalist. I want to have something offer interesting to offer to a conver conversation, but I also want to have information that is relevant to and important to developing as a business owner in the photography industry. And yet, it's also important, I think, to note that we don't overconsume information. Ashley, have you ever found that you, you're consuming just because it's a habit, and yet most of that or even some of that information is not relevant or actually that important to running your business? Yeah, I, I mean, I know in the past we've even talked about like people who will have podcasts on or um, TV on or things while they're working, and it, it kind of is like background din. Yes. Um, and how one of the things I've done for my own productivity is just like, either work or consume, but don't try to consume while working because it really mm. just, you don't, I can't do either completely. So I find myself having to like replay a portion of the podcast or listening to something and having no idea what I actually listened to, um, right. or like working really slowly. Um, so I find, I, I find myself 
wanting to consume more than I actually do sometimes just because mm. I feel like there's just so much out there um, to learn, to be able to get a hold of, but I try and limit myself. But right now, since I'm driving back and forth to Maryland, Pennsylvania, to Maryland, Pennsylvania so much, I get more than my share of podcasting in. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And it's, and it's easy to, and I was thinking about this today too. I prefer when I'm in the car to be listening to a podcast, but then the question is, what are we actually, and I, I mean, part of it, I guess, is to, I don't mind driving in silence, but it's easy to get to, I think you, you talk to a lot of people and they're like, oh my goodness, the idea of driving in a car for you know, hours on end, not having any sound, music, a podcast, a book, something playing in the background, it drives me crazy. And I would ask at the, you know, at the root level, like, what, why is that the case? Exploring that might be an interesting uh, thing to do for that, for that individual. But regardless, if, if we do like to consume an audiobook or a podcast, how much of that information are we then actually going to utilize? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and this is, honestly, this is more a question for me than anybody here or maybe even listening, uh, but I, hopefully it's encouraging to some of those listening in because it's easy to consume content, as you were saying, Ashley, just to kind of, as background noise for the sake of consuming it in, in some cases, and maybe it is purposeful in one way or another. The question, though, is what are we actually doing with that information? Is it actionable? Uh, or if it is actionable, are we doing something with it? Or is it just background noise? I know that I'm going to be more purposeful going into 2019 with the information I do consume um, so that I'm not just consuming for the sake of consuming, but I'm actually taking that information in, categorizing it mentally that I can actually pull from and, and ultimately act on it. And um, so I think it's important to, to consider these things. Not to get overly philosophical in our Workflow Wednesday, we're going to actually talk about workflow. And um, more specifically, as I mentioned earlier, this, this month, January, we're talking about creating a consistent client experience. And um, so we're going we're gonna to get into that topic today. And more specifically, actually, I know you're going to be sharing some key routines that help encourage the consistent client experience that you provide your clients. But will you comment just briefly before you get into to those, what... Um, or actually that the principles, I guess, really that drive the creation of your client experience. What is it that uh, consistency even matter? Why does consistency even matter to a photography business and the success of a photography business? Sure. So prior to being a photographer, um, I had an interesting little path in life. But one of the stops I made was a 10-year career working at Starbucks, working my way up into management. And so the one thing I really learned from my sort of corporate background was just how consistency is the item that will build trust with your, your clients. So the, con- the more consistency you can build into your day-to-day routine, your experience as the provider of services, the more consistency the client will start to experience. So and is that just, is the idea there that they can trust what that experience is going to be like each time? Is that what, is, is that what actually generates the feeling of trust? Exactly. It's just, um, it's almost like being trained when every time you go into a Starbucks, you know, the menu is going to look the same from here to there. If you're driving along the highway and need to stop to use the bathroom, um, you know that it's probably going to be a more or less acceptable bathroom situation. If you stop at a Starbucks, (laughs) then you kind of know what the snack lineup is going to be. So Mm -hmm. it gives people uh, a confidence that when they show up, they can know what to expect. And That's like the holy grail is for clients to be able to go from, you know, a Starbucks in Philadelphia to a Starbucks in Florida to a Starbucks in Baltimore to Starbucks Mm -hmm. in Seattle and know that more or less with the exception of out in Seattle, there were some specialty things that you wouldn't see elsewhere. um, You're going to be able to have the same experience 
And part of the training is also about building consistency. It gives people on the other side of the bar behind the counter um, the confidence to know, like, if I can learn these few steps, I can sort of mix and match and learn how to make everything. So systems and consistency really build trust both with the, the barista in the case of Starbucks and the customer. And then it, it takes away sort of like that gray space when you have a routine and allows you to really focus on building the connection. So things turn into muscle memory. Yeah. Um, and it's the same way working with um, weddings and working with my clients. Like at this point in time, when Rachel and I work on a wedding together, we know what the other one's doing, whether we look to see what they're doing or not, because we've, we've at this point in time sort of built such a routine and so um, such a consistent experience on our end that it enables us to really have our mind focused on seeing what's happening in front of us instead of worrying about the gear or who's doing what or anything like that. And that, that, just gives you the ability to focus on the client mm. and, and to see the person in front of you and share the experience with them. Um, so you're capturing things that are important to them personally. Okay. So I guess the, first of all, the, the idea that they can rely on the same experience pretty much every time they know that this brand, I mean, in your case, you're, you're talking about Starbucks. Starbucks means this kind of coffee, these kinds of snacks, this kind of bathroom experience. Um, this is what the store layout is going to generally be like. It becomes, they develop a sense of familiarity, which, which leads to, to trust um, exactly. that the experience is going to be this way every single time. So that makes sense. And then you also mentioned something really important, which is that when you come up with a system that drives that consistency, it helps minimize the variables mm -hmm. and improve the experience for those who are working for that brand as well. And, and you said we a number of times, just to give context for, for those listening in. Ashley has a, a team that she works with. It's not just Ashley. Yep. And, uh, and that's a whole conversation for a different day, really. But um, when, when you're establishing systems for your company, that means that your team knows that when they face this particular situation, this is how they're supposed to behave. And it minimizes the variable, minimizes the confusion, enables them to focus on providing a great experience for the client, which is, which is really, really good. So I, I love that you highlight that and kind of give context to this conversation um, let's go, let's jump to the principles. And sure. before we run into any more technical issues, we'll, maybe we can try to squeeze these out. Um, talk to us about some important principles that drive your ability with your business, Ashley Garrity Photography, to mm -hmm. create a more consistent client experience. And, and I'm sure that many of our listeners can take some of these principles and apply it to their business as well. Definitely. So I think above all, the best client experience is focused on what you can do for your clients. And it's, it's more about you as the provider than it is about the client as the person experiencing it. Um, as far as client ex creating a good client experience and consistent and excellent client experience goes. Um, so my first principle is just you first, which I call the oxygen, the airplane oxygen mask theory sort okay. of. Um, I took two weeks off because I realized I had sort of like spent my bandwidth and couldn't cope with people anymore. And I needed to be yeah. able to focus on the people that needed me most, which was my family and my final clients of the year. Um, but I'm kind of joking when I say things like make sure you brush your teeth and wash your face, but <laughs> I'm not really joking. You need to have sort of like a life routine of mm -hmm. what you, what can help you reset personally. I think it's really important to have a reset. Um, so if that is, you know, get up, wash your face, go to the, you know, go to the gym, brush your teeth, take a shower, put your pants on. If that's the reset you need to be able to focus, it doesn't matter if it's two o'clock in the afternoon. If you feel that overwhelmed that you need to like find your reset. Um, get back to that place where you feel like you can center yourself, like come up with a routine to reset yourself. Um, 
people were laughing at me over the holidays as I was hosting, but I kind of built a routine out for how I would prepare Christmas dinner. And I had sticky notes on, on, you know, different plates and serving. You're one of those people that does sticky notes. Oh, I was, I was all over the sticky notes for Christmas. (laughs) Um, But because of that, I had like timers that were matched to different sticky notes and I knew where I was at. All the, all the time as I was getting ready for things, regardless of my husband just like making fun of me in the background for it. <laughs> but um, no, knowing where I'm at and what needs to be done is really important to me. Hmm. Um, if I if I feel like there are just a bunch of things like floating around that need to be done, but I can't put my finger on it and really sort of identify that, it gives me stress. And so if you're a person yeah. like that, my biggest advice for you is plan it the night before um, and write it down or type it up. Don't just like bank on your memory. Don't say I've got a mental list going. Um, One of the reasons why I write it down at night is so first thing in the morning, I can go through my morning routine. And then Mm -hmm. when I open up my computer, my notebooks next to it, and I've already got my list started. Um, I don't use fancy things. I just literally use the notes app on my Mac because my phone talks to my computer and I can check boxes off whether I'm on the run on doing errands or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have what I call the ongoing to-do list and I just add things to it and rearrange it as I see fit to make my priorities what they need to be. Um, But find a system like that that helps you to organize yourself um, because if you can kind of be put together and ready to face the world, you'll be able to provide better care for your clients when they need you. So that's my first principle is you first. And that, and that's great. And really, I don't have anything to, I, I'm so used to kind of commenting and adding to, but there's really little to add to that. I think the, the significance of creating a little, even if it's a little bit of structure and consistency in our own lives to kind of minimize the chaos and stress in our own lives that will naturally translate to or help translate to the more consistent experience that we're trying to provide our clients. So I think that's great, great recommendation. Take us to the next one. Sure. So the next thing that I think is really important to creating a great client experience, again, focuses on you, and that is create a productive workspace. Um, So as I was talking about earlier, turning off the podcast or turning off the Netflix, my office, if I could give you a 360, which I can't because I'm talking to you on the desktop, um, but there is no television in here. There's no television on the main floor of my whole house um, because I find that it's distracting. So if I want to watch TV, I go down to the den. Um, But creating a productive workspace, again, fits into that reset. Like, I need my desk to be clear. There are a couple of random things I have on my desk, like a potted plant. And But other than that, I don't like clutter. Um, so I want to make sure I, at the end of the day, I reset my workspace to what I need it to be. Yeah. But know your needs. Like Everyone's going to have different needs for what they have to have around them. Some people are pen and paper people. So you always want to make sure you have a notepad and a pen somewhere nearby that you can jot things down as you're going. Other people want complete, clean, pristine space. Other people need maybe cozy things or whatever. So you might find yourself with a better armchair with like a blanket thrown on it so you can get comfortable as you're working. Whatever it is that you need your workspace to be, that's what you should look for. Another thing that I find that really helps me when I need like a productivity boost. So these are two sort of Ashley's oddities that I'll share with you. One (laughs) is I have many workspaces throughout the house. So like our breakfast bar in the kitchen is great, big, flat workspace. And I keep it pretty clean throughout the day. So I'm not I don't have to move stuff. So if I need to change my scenery, I can go from the office to the breakfast bar. Um, I have a little you know, conversation set out on my outdoor patio. It's too cold now, but sometimes if I just need a breath of fresh air, I'll move out there and make my table out there my yeah. new workspace. So find someplace you can change. And this can be um, a co-working space if you just mm-hmm. need to get out of your house. This can be a coffee shop as long as you don't find yourself distracted by all the hullabaloo going on around you. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
But sometimes just like moving seats can be the thing you need to be able to focus on a new project. So that's my first one. And my second one is at the last 10 minutes of every hour that I'm working, I usually yeah. just like blast crazy 80s music and like jog around <laughs> my house, like bounce around and dance around. That's it's awesome. completely okay to use physical stimulation as a way to kind of get yourself like back in the game and ready yeah. to really move forward. Yeah. I, it reminds me actually of, and I know that, most Boca podcast listeners are like, he's talking about Tony Robbins again, but I'm a huge fan of Tony Robbins. One of the things that he, that he does, um, and besides breath work, he'll use a trampoline. He'll actually jump on the trampoline, mm-hmm. that physical stimulation, the exercise, if you will. Um, and I think that has chemical benefit to your body as well. But regardless that what that does to kind of, um, energize is really wonderful. I mean, I find that even just starting my day off with a workout certainly gives me a certain boost and energy that um, could be comparable to, to caffeine even. It's, it's, I, I love that. I love that energy boost that I get to get things going. But I think it's really, it's a, I mean, as much as you're kind of almost joking about it, I think the significance of taking a break from work, standing up from your computer and moving around is actually, I mean, that, that significance has been shown time and time again. Uh, if you do a quick search on on the significance of movement and standing and not sitting all day, there, there's so many detriments to our health sitting all the time, not moving around. Uh, I love that you mix it up and, and get up and move around and dance every 50 minutes. in my house all day that's, long, every day. <laughs> that's really great. And, and just very quickly, to your point about uh, creating a productive workspace, um, and, and we've talked multiple times now about the significance of distractions, you know, podcasts in the background, Netflix, et cetera. Again, people will say that they need that kind of thing in order to work, or they, they may argue that they're, you know, ADD and, and they just can't focus. And unfortunately, in, in a lot of those cases, I won't say every case, certainly, but a lot of those cases, that so-called ADD behavior is learned. Um, mm-hmm. We're so used to being constantly stimulated by things, and um, that's just the world that we live in. That's a reality. That's fine, but we have to be aware of that and learn to learn how to focus, learn how to be present. And the reality is, that we can give so much more when we are truly focused on something than if we've got fifty different things going on at the same time, just for the sake of a so-called, in air quotes, I'll, I'll put for those of you listening to the audio need. Um, reality is it's in many cases, if not most cases, not actually a need. It's just something that has, it's a behavior that has been learned. And so the reality is that creating a clear, clean, simple environment to focus on whatever the task is at hand, it's a, it's an important thing. And I'm glad that you bring that up. Take us to a, to another tip or another principle, actually, if you don't mind. I'm going to actually piggyback what you said and then I'll move yeah. on. Yeah. Is, um, if you need something in the background, I have said it before, I'm a big fan of classical music or music mm. without words, instrumentals. These mm-hmm. are things that makes it a lot harder for you to like dance around and sing with. Um, white noise <laughs> machines are great if you just need something in the background so you don't feel like you're living in like a silent movie. Yeah. And also just getting comfortable with silence is a great thing to do. It's very soothing. And honestly, when you get used to it, uh, you know, for me, it's just mostly dog barking in the background. But <laughs> If you can get used to silence, it actually, it's very peaceful. Well, and to your point, I mean, why not mix it up, right? It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Listen to music for a couple hours and turn it off and focus in silence. I, I know that I personally, um, there are times when I will put music on in the background and that actually seems to help kind of boost um, my creativity, if nothing else, but mental acuity in the moment. And other times I'm like, oh, e- even just that instrumental music, because I, I actually really enjoy instrumental mi- music. I grew up on classical music. My dad would listen to classical music when he was working. So I heard it all the time. And um, I, 
even that in the background sometimes it feels distracting. So I'll turn that off. For those of you listening who are like classical music puts me to sleep, I get it. Um, turn on something that even my daughter actually. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. There is a there is a variety out there, but um, something else um, even my daughter actually has gotten into lately is kind of lo-fi instrumental music. So it tends to have a bit of a beat to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's upbeat. It's not going to put you to sleep, but it's it's uh, instrumental in nature, and uh, it's good to stick it on the background. You can do a quick search on on uh, Spotify for a lo-fi playlist, and it's it's actually really great. So that's yeah, great recommendations. Take us to the next one. All right, moving on. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to rearrange it a little bit because we focused so much on you so far, and I'm going to stick with that. Is my third thing is put it on the calendar. Like I would not function without Google Calendar. And then in my house, I actually took this off the wall to share with you. I have a big color-coded calendar so that, and it has a different color for things like where is Ashley? I have my own where is Ashley calendar just because I'm back and forth between multiple states and traveling and things like that. So my team and my both should know where Ashley is. Okay, okay, um, okay. That makes sense. So with, and for those of you that are not watching but listening in, Ashley just okay. held up, is it, is it like, a, like a whiteboard of sorts, like a small it's whiteboard? It's basically, a, oh, yeah, a whiteboard, an acrylic board. Um, and is and the, same information, the same information there go into like a Google Calendar that everybody's able to see or how does that work? Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. This one lives on my wall because I couldn't function without a calendar. So for me, like make, if you're making a calendar, whether it's online, whether it's a printed one, whether it's in your purse or bag, um, it's great to have a calendar, but you have to look at it. It's a great to have a list, but you have to look at it. So, yeah. you know, as you start to implement things like this into your day to day, make sure you're also setting a timer or a reminder to actually start the day by looking at it. Um, but if things didn't go on my calendar, they wouldn't exist to me a lot of the times. Um, Part of my calendar is having specific tasks that happen on different days of the week or month um, so that things don't get lost. And that, that can be as mundane as like the accounting and, and like the business things that I have to do. But it also has to do with like I have a post office day. So if I have to send okay. client gifts or anything like that, they're happening in a fairly consistent time frame. Um, I didn't know post office still exists. That's office. still a thing. This is a terrible <laughs> thing to say, but my interns I'm so tend to that the post office still exists more than I do. But it reminds oh, really? me to be things get sent out um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I always make sure thing where you like print out the the postage at home and then you can just drop it off at the yeah I, I mean my studio is a block from the post office and sometimes uh, getting the walk is worth as more than the convenience of stamps.com okay um, another thing is with my calendar is if I'm not going to respond to an email like inbox zero is my holy grail if you watch the Instagram story you know that I like celebrate the moment I get to inbox zero every day. But sometimes you just can't respond to something in the moment. So if I'm not going to respond to it, I schedule it back into my inbox. And I also make a note on that day's to-do list that I now have a 30-minute task where I have to take care of a a specific thing for a client. And I also tend to respond quickly and just say, I can't fit this in today, but just so you know, it's on the schedule for Thursday. But if you're going to do that, make sure that you set up what you need to to make sure your follow-up is there and you fulfill the expectations that you set with your clients from timing. Um, and the other thing is just from a calendar perspective, I've used, said this before, but Calendly lets people schedule things on my calendar um, and, it, and they just show up magically. So when I'm looking at my calendar in the morning, I can say, oh, I have a phone call with so-and-so today. Um, so I just live by my list. I live by my calendar. So number three is put it on the calendar. And that could be personal things. That can be follow-ups. That can be appointments. Put it on the calendar. That's so good. And, and uh, I know this is something that's also been brought up on the podcast before too, but it's, it's amazing to me 
um, how few people will actually commit to, to doing something because they're like, oh, I don't know what's going to come up if you stick it in the calendar and, and you do make that, as you were saying, Ashley, kind of your, your default, almost like your Bible, like the, your reference point, how you're living life. I mean, it sounds kind of crazy, but it is 2019 now. And um, as photography business owners, we have a lot to keep up with. That's just the reality of it. And, it, and that's just the business. If we have you know, family life or even just friends um, on, on the personal side of things, we have a lot to keep up with. So in order to be able to make things happen, we do have to put it in the calendar, commit to that, stick it in there. Once it's in there, let that be um, it, truth, if you will, and, and follow through on it. And I think that's just a really great way to live. live. And it kind of minimizes, again, the, the, the variables, the, the what ifs. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to have time. You just commit to it, stick it in the calendar and run with it. Calendly, you mentioned, uh, and it is something we've talked about, but it, it bears mentioning again, if, you, if anybody listening in wants to save time and minimize the, the unnecessary back. back and forth, yeah, the emails of, hey, are you available at this time? No, I can't. Can you do it then? No, I can't. Can you do it? And, and so on and so forth. That is a waste of time, especially when a tool like Calendly exists. And I've been using it now for quite some time. I'd probably, I don't know, a year or two at least now. And mm -hmm. it's been amazing. Absolutely amazing. Save so much time scheduling uh, various uh, meetings or podcast interviews, et cetera. Incredible. And, and it's really inexpensive as well. You can get started for free. And, um, and then if you wanted to create a paid account and have a little bit more flexibility and feature, it's only like eight bucks a month. It's so inexpensive. So definitely take advantage of it. That's great. Yeah, it's totally worth it. And the one thing I, I didn't mention, but I always, I, I know I say I'm on the road a lot. I feel like I live out of my car with podcasts attached to my ear, but <laughs> yeah. um, buffer in travel time. So if you're building out your calendar, and for me, if I have to drive into Philly for an event, I put, if it's in rush hour, I set aside an hour on the front end to make sure that I can get there on time. Um, your peers, your clients, your friends, whoever you're showing up for will thank you um, when you actually plan appropriately for travel and, and show up on time. Yeah, so true. Okay, good. So we've gotten through, um, I think, three principles now. Let's jump to the fourth one. Okay, so the fourth one is set clear expectations from day one. Um, it allows you to protect your boundaries, but it also welcomes client into the space that is there for them. So when people say like something about set boundaries, it sounds negative for the people on the outside. Like hmm. this is my hard line, these are my office hours, don't encroach right. on my free time. But what it's actually doing is it's giving your clients a space that is theirs as well. So boundaries exist for everyone. So if my, my email says at the bottom, like our office hours are 10 to 6, Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. um, so my clients know that if they email me at 7 o'clock at night, that I'm probably not going to respond to them right away. If they text me, I will text them back during my office hours. Um, as soon as they sign a contract, it's in my welcome email. Like our office hours are this, we you know we respond within 24 hours during business days, 48 hours over the weekends. Um, we're pretty clear about putting up autoresponders if we're out of office for an extended period of time for travel or weekday events and things like that. Sure. But it creates, um, it creates a time that your clients are welcome to come to you. And the same thing with Calendly. When you set up availabilities, they can see like this time is set aside for me. Um, and from my perspective, it just makes everything so much easier when I can focus my communication in, in times when I'm expecting to communicate um, and I can then focus my energy on, on people. Um, funnel, I funnel communication to a central location. So my, if you message me on Facebook, it's going to tell you like, thank you for your message. Please send it to this email address because I just, am, I can't, 
I can't even with the different places people can message me. Same thing <laughs> on Instagram. When people message me, I always follow up with like, a, you know, please follow up with an email. I'd love to talk with you more, but I just can't handle having 20 different platforms for communication. Mm, um, yeah. And that helps keep things central, but it also keeps things organized. It, it prevents lost messages or things that aren't responded to. Um, can I, can I jump in right here? I have a question for you just yeah. to play devil's advocate. And I'd love to get your take on this. Does that mm -hmm. make you irrelevant in 2019? Or I shouldn't say irrelevant, less relevant if you're not willing to engage clients or potential clients where they like to communicate. I'm okay with being irrelevant. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> the, the right response there. Okay. Um, most of my clients are professionals. Mm. Um, and so I think they actually appreciate the centralized communication thing okay. nowadays because yeah. they have a work email. So many of them are actually using their work emails to communicate with me in the first place. Hmm. If someone says like, oh my gosh, I love this um, backdrop. Where was this picture taken? I don't respond with, please send me an email at <laughs> Ashley. You know, I'll be like, oh, that's, you know, City Hall in Philadelphia or something like that. But if someone yeah. is inquiring, um, I just need an email to be able to, to follow up with them. I, I need that contact information if they come into our system as a client. Um, and it just, it helps me stay focused. I don't, care I guess watch me be very um, brazen here I don't care <laughs> if the knot tells me that I need to respond to every inquiry within five minutes or no one will book me I don't yeah. care if you know popular culture is telling me that I have to be on every social media platform and responding to people 24 hours a day or they'll never book me because so far they're still working with us mm. um, we're, we're blessed to have really awesome clients and if I, if I become irrelevant or I completely like knock myself out of the industry by not by being inflexible, but by being focused, then mm. maybe it's not the right industry for me at that point then. So, and I'm okay with that. I don't think that, I, love uh, I think that's flowing, going with the flow then is like, if there's a time when this isn't the right fit for me, like mm -hmm. I'll make that decision. But for now we're rocking and rolling the way we want to. That's cool. Well, you know, there's something to be said for knowing what it is, knowing who you are and then what it is that you actually want out of your photography business and yeah. filtering accordingly. So I, I think that's really, really great. That's cool. So sure. it, with, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Cause I was going to move forward. Oh yeah. Let, well, let's do that then. I, th I think we're actually to number five. So let, let's finish off with the fifth principle. Sure. So the, the client pieces, um, I think if we're going to talk about client experience, yes, we have to talk about like the things the client is experiencing, um, hence the title. But sometimes it is not just about you. It, it is about mm -hmm. them. So some things that are really critical are just take the time to get to know them. It doesn't have to be, I know some photographers who like are out for like pizza and beer with every client that books them. <laughs> and, you know, I, I've, I've said before, every once in a while, I meet a client who becomes a friend in real life, but mm. I'm not in business to make friends. I have a mm. really rich social life that sometimes I feel like I don't even have time for. So okay. I'm not necessarily looking for um, all my clients to be my best friends, but I do want to know what matters to them, what makes them tick, what their priorities are in our work together so that we're able to cater our service to them. So we do that by, um, you know, we do meet face-to-face -face with most of our clients before they book us. If not, we're on the phone. We do have questionnaires that help us get to know them, get to know more about their wedding day, get to know about, more about the key people who are in their wedding day and why they matter. Yeah. Um, we do see them before the wedding, at least for planning, usually face-to-face, -face, but occasionally, again, online. And then after the wedding's over, our relationship continues as we go through the album design process. 
Um, and as I mentioned earlier, we tend to call out people on their anniversaries with just, just like a happy anniversary um, on social media. So we take the time to make them feel like we're invested in them because it matters that we're serving them the way they want to be served. Um, this and is it the sounds one like a very practical, like you've got a very practical approach to it, but you're not writing off the idea of developing a relationship with a client altogether. You're just not trying to be their best friend. Is all. Exactly. Okay. Um, I, I want to be able to run into people and in the future and be able to like remember things from their wedding and share. I hate, there's nothing worse to me than when someone emails me and says, Oh, we got married a year ago. You may remember us. And it's like, of course I remember you. I can go back through probably the last three years and not miss most, like make a list of clients off the top of my wow. head that we've encountered. And it's really like three years and beyond. I slowly start to lose track of like whose wedding was what date. But I don't it's the forget worst thing when you see like I see clients out in public and and cannot remember the name and it's been I mean you know ten years fifteen sure. years ago but still I feel bad because they they remember who I am and now I can't engage them and I'm trying to like I see them off in the distance I think this even happened when I was with Haley at one point I was like oh shoot I need to look them up on Facebook and remember because it's been so long I don't remember a name it's, that's the worst thing that happens but I'm impressed that you're able to go back three years. And even with, usually with the name of both of the couple and date, like I can, I can do most of our anniversary posts off of memory, but um, wow. it's not, but yeah, I want them to feel like we're engaged in them. I want them to know that they all matter to us, but I, I don't, like I said, I don't need to see them every week sure. um, or hang out or I'm not looking to fill a void in my life with clients, mm -hmm. I guess is, is one way I look at it. Uh, everyone here is under promise over deliver. Um, one of the ways to do this, you know, focus on turnaround um, delivery, you know, photographer said it is great for that. You guys really help keep our turnaround moving. But that also goes back to if you don't respond to an email right away, but because you can't get to a project right away, let them know when it will happen and make sure you hit that deadline. Turnaround is not just for the final product. It's just yeah. making sure people know when to expect communication from you, when mm -hmm. to start planning meetings with you, just give them a, a, what to expect upfront. Um, and they're so much happier if, if you can say like, this is what our next year is going to look like. Um, and here's when you'll hear from me and here's kind of like where I fit into the process. Yep. And if you need something else, reach out, but like I'll pop up randomly over the next year with surveys or meetings or things like that. So, you know, it's, um, I, I'm so glad. And I wanted to actually highlight this a second ago too, when you, when you brought up the expect or the significance of managing expectations, relationships, personal business relationships, it's all about communication. And part of what is innate to communication in a relationship is managing expectations in one form or another. And it's such a simple thing. And we should know this as business owners, but it, it, it bears um, reiterating again. And I'm glad that you're bringing this up, manage expectations proactively. And like you said, it does make them so much happier because you're creating that sense of stability that you mentioned to, you alluded to earlier, which leads to trust that they know that this is how it's going to go because you've made the, you know, the tiny bit of effort just to communicate with that or communicate that to them upfront. I think it's great. Yeah. And, and that's where like having solid policies in place, mm -hmm. unfortunately, so many times a policy is created because something went wrong. Um, and that's where like, a, you know, we now have this policy, air quotes, um, moving forward. And that's happened to me where we've had to sort of like backpedal and figure out how we work through kinks. No mm. one is immune to that. Right. Um, but when you sit down and kind of think about where could the hiccups happen and how will we deal with them ahead of time? Um, one, it allows you to communicate that to the clients upfront in case they, you know, are curious when people have that frequently asked questions and things like that. And two, it just gives you something to stand on. 
But honestly, the best question, the best thing um, I've come to learn through my years, you know, back in the Starbucks day, back now in the photography days, when someone's unhappy, a lot of times it is because an expectation, whether it was one that you set or one that they made up, mm. is not being hit. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, the first thing that you have to do is listen to what they're unhappy about and like really listen, like, because you want to hear more than the words. You want to hear what they're actually saying underneath the words. And sometimes it's just like, I'm mad and you're the closest person I can complain to. And, <laughs> it's so and true. I can complain about. I mean, it's true. Yeah. Uh, but the best thing I can do in those situations is ask, how would you like this to be resolved? So let them just spew whatever they have to get out and then, mm. and then give them a moment to think, how would you like us to resolve this, this problem? And I, I swear, probably 50% of the time, they're like, I just wanted you to know. Hmm. And I've had that happen. Like I, I didn't have a resolution in mind. I just wanted you to know how I felt. Um, and so that allows people to clear the air. And two, it gives people a chance to say, well, this is what I think is fair and appropriate. And sometimes the answer is like, well, that's, that's not really fair and appropriate, but here's what I can do to get closer to that. Okay. Um, and sometimes we'll say like, oh, I just wanted you to fix, you know, the glare on my mom's glasses in this only family picture I have with her. And it's like, well, I can handle that. Do you know what I mean? So people will <laughs> yeah. say something reasonable and you'll say, oh, that's all it takes. I can do that. Or they'll say something unreasonable and you'll say, well, how can we meet on this middle ground? Um, at least then you're hearing what they want. So ask, how would you like to see this resolved? Is like the number one client experience question um, that I can share with people. Do you ever find in that situation though that, that the client feels like you're putting it back on them versus you coming up with a solution immediately when they come to you with a complaint? I've never had someone say that. Um, okay. The, I mean, I mean, I think when we go to a client um, that is having a concern, first off, if you're not level-headed in that communication, wait. Like, if you have to right. take 24 hours and like unwind, yeah. you can respond <laughs> and just say like, "Hey, I'm not at my computer, but I'll mm -hmm. get back to you tomorrow when I'm in the office," and then step away from the angry feelings for a yeah. little bit so you can can think about it with like a level head um but i think we all go into those conversations with like a, this is how i'd like to see it end hmm. and by asking the question you're giving them a chance to say this is how i would like to see it end and okay. maybe i also find that we want to give too much sometimes like we we will jump to like how can i protect my reputation online how can i get these people not to give me a bad review how can i these these you know it's such a crazy online world that we live in nowadays yeah. that sometimes we go so hard on the defensive when all you need to do is is maybe send a print or you know like i said fix an image or something like that so yeah. most of the time i find that people expect less from us for resolution hmm. than we think they want just and a bit of empathy and, and willingness to make a, a slight change if needed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then I think, you know, plan redundancies and backups in your business. This goes back to, it's, a, it's about clients, but if something happens to you, how will you be able to take care of your clients? So even if it's just making sure that you're, you know, someone you trust has access to your communication, if you were sick or, anything like that, just make sure that there is a, a little safety net in place for your clients. That's good. And, and I think too, important to note is that those redundancies need to reflect your brand accurately. We were talking about the idea of consistency here. So if, yep. whether it's a team member or it's a, it's a second, you know, it's a photographer outside of your company, um, just make sure that the systems of the, the, the policies, as you mentioned earlier, are in place. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that, that what they're providing then matches your brand for the sake of consistency. That's good. For sure. Yeah. So just to run back down the five, it's you know you first, you know, always make sure you take care of yourself so that you're yeah. able to take care of the people around you. Um, create a productive workspace because no one's going to get things done to the best of their abilities when they feel mentally or physically strangled. True. Um, Put it on the calendar. Once it's on the calendar, once it's on the list, then live up to the expectation you've set for yourself. Yeah. So your clients know what to expect. Um, make sure you're setting clear expectations from day one and really focusing on communication is a two-way road. And then, yes, the client is ultimately the person that matters. So make sure that you are taking the time to get to know them and that you make sure that you're fulfilling those expectations and resolving things the way the client needs. Cool. Actually, I, I'm... From the very beginning, actually, the first time that we ever, because you did podcast episode number one with us, correct? I think or, technically I published number two, but we were the first two, interview. Number two, right. But the first interview, we actually did our interview. And for those of you, we'll have to link to it in the show notes. Um, for those of you that are listening in, we actually did this interview. We were in a restaurant um, eating, being waited drinking. on, <laughs> drinking, stuff going on around us. Um, it was it was quite the scene. It was actually a lot of fun. I love the amb the ambiance with the with the uh, the background noise, the other patrons there, and the clinking of you know forks and knives on the plates and that kind of thing. It was a lot of fun. But um, from the get go, your your composure and your calm uh, and your professionalism and the the business mind ultimately that you bring to both your business and to the photography industry, the information that you have to offer is, has been, it's, it's impressive to me. So um, thank you for making time to offer more of that here today, uh, despite all the technical issues. And for those of you listening and are watching, I apologize uh, for all of those. We'll get those kinks worked out hopefully for this, this uh, next week, but thank you so much for making time to share with the Boca podcast and the workflow Wednesday crew today. Of course, it was my pleasure. I, it's always, uh, always fun to sort of share what my experience has brought into my life and hopefully be able to help one person out there to um, really kind of feel focused and, and be better capable of taking care of those around them. Oh, I, I truly appreciate that. And then for those of you listening in, if you're listening to the audio version of this, uh, you'll be able to see a video replay. Hopefully we'll at least be able to extract that. Um, that we'll put it in on the, the photographer's edit Facebook page. If you just go to facebook.com slash photogs edit for those of you watching the video, you can go to the Boca podcast and any podcast platform that you can think of. If you just search Boca, B-O-K-E-H podcast, uh, you'll be able to find us there. You can listen to the audio version of this and of course the other episodes. And then also check out the show notes, bocapodcast.com. And uh, Haley does an incredible job. Haley, I feel like we kind of drowned you out today. I'm sorry <laughs> I didn't get to say much, but Haley does an amazing job uh, putting together the show notes for these episodes. So make sure you check those out. We'll have resources from today's episode in the show notes there at bocapodcast.com. Thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com.